Hey everybody, welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, Justin. Randy, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. You know, just watch some Star Trek. Uh, we actually hung out yesterday, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it was talk a lot of fun. about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, spent a long <laughs> time. about lots of geeky stuff. Yeah, yeah, spent a long time talking about Star Trek. And... Yeah, and it had been a long time since we kind of... It's been a long that. road. Yeah. Getting from getting from there to hanging out at where where did we go? It was a place called Rose and Crown. Yeah, in Palo Alto. In Palo Alto. So I'd recommend that to beer fans. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I'm sure there are probably even better places in the area, but it was pretty cool. It's beer week, so we got to try out some different stuff from different parts of well, the world. The country, I guess. <laughs> or at least different uh yeah. Stuff we wouldn't normally try. So try a few different things. Uh no um, Romulan ales though. No, I was gonna say we did not get we did not get to try any Romulan ale, unfortunately. But there was some some British ales. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And now we're back to talk about Um Well oh actually there'll be a little bit of a uh a nod to our our um our catching up yesterday. Uh, at the end of this episode, not the end of the episode of Truck Track, but the end of the episode of Enterprise, <laughs> which we can talk about when we get to it. So. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise, Season 1, Episode 12, Silent Enemy. Uh, original air date, January 16th, 2002. This is back after their little break. You know, TV shows take a break at the end of the year and then they come back. In the new year. Yeah, and they came back shooting. Yeah. For this one. Literally. <laughs> uh, episode opens outside the Enterprise. A satellite of some type called Echo 2 is launched from the ship. On the bridge, we learn that Echo 2 is part of a subspace relay. Suddenly, a ship drops out of warp in front of the Enterprise. T'Pol doesn't recognize it, which Archer says is good, because it means it's a new encounter. Uh, and that's the mission, to seek out strange new life and all that. Uh, Archer hails the ship, but they get no response. And after a while, the ship flies away. Reed was unable to get any readings at all from the ship while it was there. It has a strong shield. And then the opening credits. When we return, uh, they're in the meeting area in the back of the bridge. Uh, Archer has gathered to Paul Mayweather, Hoshi, and Reed. He wants to know more about this alien ship. Uh, to Paul confirms that there are no inhabited systems nearby. They try to come up with possible reasons as to why the alien ship appeared and then just left. But Archer ultimately decides to go back to working on the subspace amplifier so that they can get some messages back to Earth. As everyone is leaving, Hoshi pulls Archer aside and says that she tracked down some people in Malaysia. Archer wants to contact them using the subspace amplifier. Uh, In his ready room, Archer uh, is talking to Reed's parents. That's who Hoshi was talking about earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. You finally get to meet meet the parents, as it were. (laughs) Uh, they, Archer is speaking to them because Malcolm's birthday, uh, is coming up. It's September 2nd. 
it turns out that Malcolm hasn't been in contact with his parents since he left Earth. Uh, we learn that uh, Malcolm is the armory officer on Enterprise. We also learn that his family is full of Navy men for generations, and his grandfather was an ordnance officer in the Navy. Uh, his father seems kind of upset that Malcolm joined Starfleet and didn't continue the Navy tradition. Yeah, he, he made it sound like uh, maybe I'm just not up on my Star Trek lore, as it were, but it sounds like there's still a Navy on Earth, even though the Earth is apparently united at this point, I think. <laughs> so I'm not really sure why there'd be, even be a military on Earth that would have a Navy, but uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe interstellar threats or something, I don't know. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, obviously, by this point, they've seen the movie Battleship, mm. um, and they realize that the Navy was really important, yeah. but that it's, you need ships from, like, you know, previous wars and and elderly veterans to, to win them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie wasn't great. Um uh, the reason that uh, Archer is calling Malcolm's parents is because he wants to do something special for Malcolm's birthday. He wants to make a special dinner, for example. Uh, Malcolm's mother says that uh, he doesn't like making requests and he doesn't have a favorite food as far as his parents know. Back on the bridge, Archer walks over to Hoshi and tasks her with finding out what Malcolm likes to eat. It's a top priority um, you know, she's probably got other more important things to do, but the captain's <laughs> telling you to find this out, so. <laughs> it's like, um, Hoshi doesn't really have anything to do most of the time, and so they figured that they can, uh, you know, give her something to do, which is find out his favorite food. Uh, later, Archer, clad in casual attire, is walking down one of the Enterprise's many hallways. Uh, Porthos is with him. Trip appears and tells Archer that he ate dinner in his quarters so that he could answer some letters from home. Uh, Archer tells him that he missed watching T'Pol try to use chopsticks. Uh, they enter the shuttle bay and continue to catch up with stories from home as Trip checks various consoles. Uh, Trip finally talks about a letter he got from the Natalie from Pensacola. Uh, he doesn't, Trip doesn't want to talk about it, but he finally reveals that, uh, he and Natalie broke up because the relationship was too long distance. <laughs> Extremely long distance. Yeah. Uh, they enter another hallway and Archer asks if Trip spends much time with Reed. Uh, we learned that Trip's favorite food from home is pan fried catfish. Although, isn't pecan pie his favorite food? Yeah, hey. Well, maybe he has a couple of favorite foods. Sure. Yeah, let's just uh, disregard previous continuity. <laughs> uh, Archer reveals that Reed's parents don't know what Reed's favorite food is, or that he was, or that he's the armory officer on the Enterprise, and Archer himself doesn't know much about Reed. Uh, suddenly, call, uh, suddenly, T'Pol calls Archer and tells him that the alien ship has returned. On the bridge, Archer hails the alien ship again and tries to assure them that the Enterprise is peaceful. He still gets no response. 
Hoshi starts picking up something, but it's not a language. Suddenly, there's a high-pitched sound, and everyone covers their ears in pain. Uh, T'Pol pushes through the pain to tell them that they're being scanned. The alien ship then fires on Enterprise before going to warp. Uh, Reed tells Archer that the shields on the alien ship dropped for about two seconds while they were firing on the ship, and Reed was able to see about 15 biosigns, which are not recognized in the Enterprise's database. Reed also mentions that their torpedoes probably would have been ineffective. Uh-huh. So these guys are kind of a mystery. But they're kind of jerks, too. Yeah. Um, Actually, they, they're super jerks. They don't say anything, <laughs> and they just shoot you and then fly away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're annoying. Uh, Archer and Paul leave the bridge to meet up with Trip, who is checking out some of the damage. And they were very close to having a blown bulkhead, which would have been big trouble. Yeah, they would have gotten sucked out into space, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not Sulaban, so they can't just survive in space. <laughs> oh, right, right. They need to get some of that Sulaban DNA. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Archer asked Paul if the Vulcans encountered such dangerous aliens when they started exploring, but she says it was a different time because there were fewer warp-capable species. Archer wants more firepower on the Enterprise. Uh, the ship has phase cannon ports, but they didn't have time to install them, and mm-hmm. he wants them installed now. It's kind of like they have USB ports, but they don't have any peripherals plugged into them. <laughs> okay, okay. In the armory, Reed and Trip tell Archer that they can install the cannons, but Archer wants to get the pros at Jupiter Station to install them. Yeah, he wants the job done right. Reed and Trip convince Archer to have them at least get started on the installation. Archer calls Mayweather and tells him to start heading home. In the armory, Reed and Trip give their subordinates the lowdown on the phase cannons. Uh, the Enterprise can have up to three of them. They only have one, and it's just a prototype, uh, but they want to make two more before they reach Jupiter Station. Hmm. So that seemed to me a little bit like they were going against the captain's direct orders. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the captain gave them permission to get the job started. Oh, I see. So it's a little bit of a loophole in his orders, I guess? Yeah. On the bridge, Hoshi is on the computer interviewing Malcolm's sister about his favorite food. Uh, She says that he mentioned that he liked octopus once, but it might have been a joke. She also mentions that Malcolm once spent a week without eating, either as survival training or for a bet. Um, when it was all over, he didn't mention wanting any particular kind of food. Hoshi then interviews Malcolm's best friend from Starfleet. Uh, this guy mentions that Malcolm liked going to a restaurant in the Embarcadero in San Francisco that specialized in some kind of fish. Uh, the friend then remembers that the reason Malcolm liked the restaurant was because he had a thing for a woman named Maureen, and that Malcolm might hate fish. <laughs> he just wanted to, you know, creep on the waitress there. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. And did you notice, it looked like she had kind of woken his friend up, or something? Like, he was, like, in bed. Yeah. That was <laughs> like, weird. called him in the middle of the night <laughs> to ask him what Reed's favorite food was. At least she's pretty tenacious. Like, she's not giving up on this one. Well, it was a top priority. I mean, it is a direct order from the captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mayweather walks over to Hoshi and asks, how is it going? Uh, Hoshi has interviewed everyone that Malcolm knows and has come up empty. 
Uh, so Paul says that Hoshi should just ask Malcolm directly. Hmm. In the mess hall, Hoshi joins Reed for dinner. She not so subtly tries to probe Reed about his favorite foods, and she offers to cook him whatever he likes. <laughs> Reed isn't forthcoming. Uh, Hoshi then says she has a hot plate in her quarters, which Reed takes as her hitting on him. <laughs> And, I actually really liked this. Uh, it was yeah, kind of th- funny. Things got really awkward. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was like, ah. this is actually one of the points where I, I, like, one of the times so far that I've liked Hoshi. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just funny. Like, she was totally misunderstood, and she got totally uh, embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, the alien ship starts falling Enterprise again. Uh, the... Enterprise gets attacked, which knocks the warp drive and the main power out. Uh, the alien ship then sends a shuttle over to the Enterprise. The shuttle enters the launch bay, and the aliens start walking through the ship. It's almost like a horror movie, as the Enterprise crew members are attacked in the dark. Mm-hmm. These guys are creepy, too. Yeah, they look really gross. They're, they're CG also, which, like... It allowed them to be not proportioned like an up like a person in makeup or something, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. I thought they were actually pretty creepy. Yeah, uh, I noted that this is a stark contrast to the humor in the mess hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big change, uh, and I thought that they they looked a bit like kind of classic sci-fi aliens. Like they had, it looked like they kind of had helmets on and little like spacesuits. Yeah, and they had, like, big heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their eyes were especially creepy, though. Uh-huh. So it was pretty cool. Cool alien design. Um, Archer and his security team find the aliens, and he tries to shoot one with his face pistol, but there's no effect. Uh, the aliens just saunter off. <laughs> like, oh, that kind of tickled a little bit. I guess we should uh, head back to our shuttle. Yep. Uh... Archer then gets a call telling him that the aliens left the Enterprise, and the big alien ship attacks Enterprise once more and then warps away. Uh, Archer and T'Pol enter sickbay. Dr. Phlox tells Archer that the two crewmen who were attacked were subjected to invasive scans. T'Pol doesn't know anything about these aliens. Uh, Trip calls from engineering and tells Archer that the port nacelle took heavy damage. It'll take a couple days before they can go to warp though they still have impulse power. On the bridge, T'Pol tells Archer that there are no Vulcan ships in the area. Mayweather suggests calling the Vulcan High Command, but Hoshi can't reach them. Uh, T'Pol tells them it's because Echo 2 and Echo 1 have both been destroyed. So these aliens are really big jerks. Yeah, they took out their subspace amplifiers, they're boarding the ship, invasively scanning, probing, one might say. Yep. Mm. Uh, in the armory, Reed is frustrated as he rushes around to get the phase cannons online. Uh, he's been taking shortcuts, which Trip doesn't like. Mm-hmm. In engineering, Archer checks in with Trip. Archer tells Trip about trying to contact the Vulcan High Command and about the subspace amplifiers being destroyed. Uh, they have to return to Earth for repairs, and Archer seems to feel bad about leaving before the Enterprise's systems were ready. Uh, we learn that there are 81 humans, a Vulcan, and a Denobulin, and Porthos on the ship. Okay, so 83 crew members plus Porthos. It's a pretty oh. small ship. 84 crew members. Let's just go ahead and <laughs> count Porthos. 
Yeah, all of whom were put at risk because Archer had something to prove. Mm-hmm. But Trip says that their mission was worth the risk. Okay. Uh, elsewhere, Reed and Trip are working on a phase cannon. Trip changes his mind about acceptable risk and tells Reed to go ahead and get the phase cannons up and running. Uh, Captain Starlog, September 1st, 2151. Uh, the Enterprise crew has done in 48 hours what would have taken the Armory crew at Jupiter Station a week. And they're going to test the phase cannons by firing on a completely uninhabited moon. It is completely uninhabited. Yeah, they really need to make sure of that. He doesn't want to so much as harm a bacterium, yeah. which uh, which could evolve into something later on. So mm-hmm. eh, that was a nice touch, to be thorough. Yeah. Uh Reed is meant to only take a little off the top of the target, which is some sort of mountain, uh, but he ends up annihilating it. Uh, and some of the uh, Enterprise's systems were also fried in the process. Mm. As they're reading damage reports, T'Pol sees something in Launch Bay 2, which is where the aliens showed up. Mm-hmm. Archer, Trip, T'Pol, and Reed entered the Launch Bay... Uh, they find an alien device that is likely causing the power surge. The device is tapped into the internal sensors and communications. Archer uses this to contact the aliens, telling him or uh, telling them that humans don't give up easily and that they will protect Enterprise any way that they can. Hoshi enters sick bay. Uh, Flox tells her that the injured crewmen were released. But Hoshi is there and asks Flox if he knows what Reed's favorite food is. Now, this is really weird, because they're right in the middle of this dangerous situation, Uh and then Hoshi's like, but what's Reed's favorite food? Yeah, I mean, she is really determined to figure out what his favorite food is, even though it's not really the most, um, I don't know, appropriate time to be asking about this. Yeah, like, Phlox is talking about these crewmen who got injured by these aliens, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to go find out what Reed's favorite food is. <laughs> Such a big tonal shift. Yeah, the the weird juxtaposition is probably not not done very well, but anyways. Yeah, uh, so anyway, Phlox tells Hoshi that Reed likes all kinds of breakfast foods. Uh, as she's about to leave, uh, Fox remembers that he can help her, but it would mean going into Reed's medical records. He recalls that Reed is allergic to bro, bro, bromelain or something. I think that's maybe how you say it. Yeah. I wrote it down and can't pronounce it. (laughs) It looks like bromelain. Yes. Uh, and has been taking injections to combat his allergy to this plant enzyme that's found in, among other things pineapple mm-hmm. mainly in pineapple on the bridge paul tells archer that the alien ship has reappeared archer tells reed and trip to uh, be ready in the armory the alien ship plays an edited version of archer's message to them mm-hmm. telling the enterprise that they are defenseless yeah it was kind of creepy it was like they can't communicate through normal means so they're sort of remixing what he his wor- his own words into uh, into a message back, mm-hmm. which was extra creepy. Yeah, I these was kind of are... creeped out by these aliens. Yeah, they're real, real weird. Um, Archer orders Reed to fire both forward cannons at the ship, uh, but it does minimal damage. 
Uh-huh. Archer asks why he was able to destroy the mountain before, and Reed says it was because of the overload. So Archer orders him to overload the phase cannons again because he'd rather incur damage to two decks than give up the ship. Uh-huh. Because all it did at first was just kind of, like, peel the shielding off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a cool effect. But, yeah, he's like, I want you to overcharge these suckers. Uh, quad damage. Yes. Uh, Trip thinks he's found a way to handle recoil using the grab plating, and Archer gives them the go-ahead to do that. Yeah, so not recoil in the traditional sense, I don't think. No. It was kind of like the kind of pushback from the power needed to overcharge these things, but they just decided to call it recoil. (laughs) I'm imagining the Enterprise, like, recoiling like a gun (laughs) when it fires. Uh, Enterprise and the alien ship are on a collision course. Enterprise fires again, which destroys the alien ship's shields. Then uh, they fire some torpedoes. The damaged alien ship retreats. And Archer tells everyone that he sees no reason that they need to go back to Jupiter Station. They did it on their own. Except for the fact, yeah, they did. But I thought that the Enterprise had incurred some damage during one of the encounters with the aliens that required them to still go back to actually get repaired. Like, Uh, now they're going to be going around with all these repair or these, uh, this damage to the ship that I think probably could stand to be fully repaired, maybe? No, nope, well, they can do it on their own. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Captain Archer, you can do it on your own. We don't need Earth. Uh, the one good thing about coming back this far, Hoshi says, is that they can drop another subspace amplifier. Mm-hmm. Which hopefully won't be destroyed by the same jerky aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like birds eating the breadcrumbs that they're dropping behind. <laughs> Uh, Archer then tells Mayweather to resume their previous course. In the armory, Archer, Trip, and Reed have some beers in celebration. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I was kind of like, uh, that's with Cody yesterday. Yeah, we hung out and had some beers. Yeah, like they're doing. Uh, Hoshi enters with a package. They open it and present Reed with a birthday cake. He cuts a piece and sees that it's pineapple, his favorite. Yeah, he actually seemed happy. I was like, oh my god, Reed, it, Reed smiled. He <laughs> sounded, he sounded legitimately surprised, like genuinely surprised. Uh, how did they know it was his favorites? And Hoshi replies, we have our sources. And that's <laughs> the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a, that was a fun ending. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of hang, I mean, this episode to me, um, I actually like this episode a lot. Um, and this episode, to me, it, it I, I felt like we were getting a more of a feel of just kind of life on the ship. Um, they sh- we got to see a lot more of the ship, um, and we started finding out some things about Reed. I mean, obviously in a limited sense. I mean, we got to find out some stuff about Reed. It was kind of weird, like, you know, got a sense that his, maybe his youth and like, his upbringing wasn't the happiest. I mean, his parents were kind of jerks. Um, but it was cool to see the, the crew being like caring about each other. Mm-hmm. Like it, they definitely seemed more like a tight knit crew. And, and despite the stuff with Hoshi being so like singularly minded and determined to find this out, even in like the worst situation, like it would just been attacked. People are injured and she's still trying to figure out what Reed's favorite food is. <laughs> I mean, that was wacky and kind of 
out of place, yes. admittedly. But I still, like, I thought Hoshi was kind of likable. Like, I thought it was kind of cool that she, I mean, yes, yeah, she had been ordered by the captain or whatever, but it seemed like she actually cared. Like, she wanted to find out. Like, she want, they wanted to give, it was like a Sesame Street episode. Like, instead of Elmo that they wanted to give a happy birthday to, it was Reed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see that camaraderie, for sure. Mm-hmm. It, uh, even if it was a little weirdly handled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given the rest of the, the very serious part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I also liked uh, the other part of... Uh, I liked that the aliens were creepy and that they were just silent. Like, they just... I mean, the one time they do talk, they just kind of remix... Uh, the captain's own words back to him, which mm-hmm. was creepy. Um, and then, and, and when they came out of the ship and how creepy they were. Um, and also the, the point where they got to where there was finally this kind of, this like standoff, like classic Star Trek standoff. And they were, they were just kind of like, like there was, I knew obviously the, sh- the enterprise isn't going to get destroyed. You know, the show goes on for a couple more seasons, but there was a little bit of, I thought like, um, Something was on the line. Like, I felt like they've, wow, they've gotta, like, get these phasers to work or they're in trouble. And then when they, um, they fired them and they destroyed the enemy shields and then they fired the torpedoes. I thought it was pretty cool. And I was, for a second, I was like, are they gonna just blow this <laughs> alien, unknown alien ship? Are they just gonna blow it to pieces? And just, this is gonna be our first contact with these aliens as the Enterprise just obliterates them, but then they didn't. I was like, ah, I wish they had kind of, you know, gone all the way, like gone all in on it and just blew them up. Like, don't, <laughs> nobody messes with the Federation or something. Well, that's not what Star Trek's about. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, but Maybe it was, it was very satisfying. It was very yeah. satisfying to see them use the phasers and the phasers strip the shields off and then they followed it up with the torpedo. Mm-hmm. Like a good one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think? Um, I like this episode a lot, except for the tonal weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, I think we both agree that that was pretty awkward. <laughs> yeah, it it could have been handled better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand that you need to balance it. It can't just be all serious. They need some levity in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe what they could have done is, is have had kind of the levity at the beginning, and then obviously they have to back away from it because the ship's under attack and people are getting hurt and then maybe return to it at the end somehow, like maybe get all the stuff out of the way before something bad happens mm-hmm. and then come back around at the end and have the happy ending with the cake and the <laughs> beer and everything Then have it be like, Whoa, we made it through this really bad situation. But instead they, for whatever reason decided, well, let's inject this part where she goes and talks to flocks, uh, right in the middle of kind of a battle situation. I, yeah, and I do think it was a little convenient that nobody died. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the two crewmen who got attacked got better, and then, the, of course, the Enterprise didn't destroy the aliens, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's there's definitely been a few situations on the show thus far where there's been the opportunity for people to die. Um, And, wait, they haven't lost any crew yet, have they? Yeah, the only one they lost is Daniels, but that was because 
He's from the future. <laughs> he was D-Rez. <laughs> Back to the future. So they haven't really lost any... I believe they haven't lost any... I think in some of the notes we read on a previous episode, there was a chance that they might lose... I think it was that the episode where they went to the planet and the, the weird spores that were making people hallucinate. Mm-hmm. That there were rock people in the walls that T'Pol was siding with. I think it was Strange New World. Yeah. They, they uh, believe there was... At one point, um, they were thinking about killing off one of the crew members to kind of like height their inc- up the odds, basically. Uh, but they ended up not. So so far, no one has died. Yeah, on the ship, which is, I mean, people have died on Star Trek for sure. So yeah, it uh, the stakes aren't as high. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you have to be like a modern sci-fi show and kill characters off every week. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that it feels so safe mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah, so maybe that was why the the um, green bloodlust that I was having, where I wanted to see them obliterate the silent enemy, <laughs> you know, and just kind of, like, make a stand, like, don't mess with us. Mm-hmm. But then they wouldn't, I guess they, the aliens wouldn't have been able to go back to where they're from and say, like, oh, crap, if you <laughs> encounter the Enterprise, be careful, they've got some badass weapons. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, do you think we'll see these aliens again? I mean, I would hope so. I mean, they really set them up to be adversaries of some kind. I mean, maybe they're not going to be a main adversary like the Suliban or whatever. But, I mean, it does seem like, you know, they've they've had an encounter that ended up with them almost being destroyed. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they'd want to get some kind of some payback or something, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like I came away from this episode feeling like the show is getting better. Um, you know, it wasn't the greatest episode. I mean, I'm not like, oh my god, Enterprise is finally, it's like, this is it. This is finally a great Star Trek series. But I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it improving. Yeah. Uh, and a few episodes back, I feel like something kind of clicked and it's, and, and they're finding their footing, I guess. Yeah. Things are hitting its stride right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it's I, only part way through the first season still, which is promising. Yeah. We're not even halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully this trend continues yeah uh next week we're gonna talk about dear doctor Ooh, that sounds promising yeah i mean flox is about the doctor flox is your and my favorite character or one of the favorite yeah. characters well, my, no he's my favorite character i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it right now trip is still my favorite character oh yeah yeah trip's great too but i like the doctor yeah doctor knows about bromelin or whatever <laughs> He taught me something today. Uh, Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. All right, everyone. Bye.